What's up, everybody? I'm back again with another episode of Ask Chad Grassy Logic. We're a day late, but it actually worked out for everybody, even my guests, even my producers. So we had to do it a day late. Sometimes it happens. That's why I live off the um, live off of uh, Simper Gummy, which means always flexible. So um, if you live off of that, life's a little bit easier. So I'm here with my guest today, Daniel of Yendo Farms. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me. What's up, everybody? Uh, what's up, man? Hey, um, thank you again for joining me. You know, um, I, I wish we could have been in person, but, you know, we can't always do that. You're uh, up north, so, you know, it kind of makes it hard sometimes being so far. <laughs> definitely. definitely. But, yeah, we'll definitely have to, you know, when we come down to do some drops on Las Cruces, we'll definitely come down and uh, have to stop by the studio and say what's up in person. Definitely, man. Yeah, we'll have another show or something that day when you guys come down, you know, have you guys on again. Because, unfortunately, today his girlfriend couldn't join us. You know, I really wanted her on. She's a very pivotal person in their um, company and everything and the way that the direction they're going. So it'd be great to talk to her. So um, I'm sorry I couldn't get you on. So we'll get you on here sometime soon when they come down, when you guys come down and everything. Because I already have people asking where your stuff is in town because, you know, I've smelled it. I've tried it, you know, and it's, it's really amazing. Um, and you guys uh, have some new stuff coming on. But, you know, we'll talk more about that here in a second. Um, cool. First, I want to tell you guys about today. Today, the title is Federal Scrimmage. And what that means is um, some of the, one of the topics is the federal government may reschedule cannabis to schedule three. And that changes a lot of things. Um, and we'll, we'll discuss that and everything today. I have that there. And we're also going to be talking about how to um, report to the CCD correctly, because there's a lot of people that are kind of just going the wrong route about this and just kind of um, either want to tattletale or we'll tell one person or go one route. So I'm going to give you guys some tips on how to really go about this the correct way. Um, instead of just yeah, kind be of, professional about it, right? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. You know, thank you, Dana, for that. You know, yeah, you can chime in any time. Yeah, I do it professionally. Um, there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything, especially when this is now a legal industry and we're trying to all be professional. So I'm gonna give you guys that tip so I can stop getting those DMs. Um, and then th those are really the two other uh, topics that I have, other than um, talking about Yendo Farms, of course. And normally we, you know, we give you guys a good chunk, you know, talk about yourself. Sometimes you guys have really great stories, and I have a feeling you guys have a really good story. Plus, I, I love talking about you know the llama thing. That's really cool. Um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll give you guys a little bit of info of why I was so late today, too, as well. Um, I went and did some uh, grow inspection stuff. So we'll talk about that briefly at the end, and I'll tell you guys how to watch that. So anyway, we're going to get on to the episode today, um, and let's talk about Yendo Farms. So where, like, so what's up with Yendo Farms? Like, you know, who are you guys? Let's tell the, ask that first, you know, for the audience. So I think Yendo Farms is more of, like, an idea than an actual thing. Um, like, Yendo is, like, a... I think it's like present participle of Spanish. It just means like it's a part of the ir. So like okay. to go or to keep going or to pursue or, you know, to continue. And uh, in life, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, things get thrown at you left and right. And, and you just got to, you got to yendo, bro. You got to keep going and you got to push through. And, uh, and there's always, there's always, you know, the rainbow at the end of uh crazy storm so uh so yeah that's kind of like what we we've kind of based ourselves on you know we um we just kind of started doing r&d when we had our medical card and had our personal production going um those, and brought those strains to <clears throat> unidos and so that's our, our new project so you know farms right now technically is a consulting company mm -hmm. uh, we just finished a, a huge collab with farm flourish um shout out to those guys for holding it down and uh yeah and just kind of like um, giving us a cool spot to kind of launch, uh, do a soft launch as the rec market. And uh, we teamed up with Alabastra, um, you know, one of New Mexico's, if not the best, you know, the, I, in my opinion, the best uh, extractor in the state, you know, and, uh, 
and those guys are doing it. They, they've been doing it. And uh, whenever we came up into like kind of a partnership where we were just kind of trying working with each other, you know, we, we started making what we were making and people seemed to really like it. And so uh, we decided to keep a good thing going and get Unidos going, you know, so it's like, it doesn't take one, it takes two. And so we had to unite and uh, that's our little thing is like, you know, Unidos, you know, you need one and two, you can't just do it by yourself, especially, uh, especially these days. So we're excited to, to launch that product into the market. And um, sounds like a lot of people are excited as well. Yeah. And maybe the, you know, New Mexico United want a sponsorship, you know, from you guys in the stadium or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, that, that that was one of my favorite things is like uh, going to the soccer games and everyone's chatting like, so most who need those. And I was like, oh, yeah, we are United, you know, and like it, and it feels better to, to conquer things together as opposed to like, you know, just individually. And, uh, you know, no one does anything by themselves, you know, teamwork makes the dream work and. You know, shout out to Alabastra for lacing us up with all the genetics and believing in us and what we do. At, at, you know, because um, our grow is all organic, zero um, heavy metal inputs. You know, um, yeah, just uh, you know, just trying our trying our hardest to stay the most sustainable without impacting the the earth or you know taking too many nutrients from um, you know habitats. You know, like bat guano was a big thing because they were destroying bat caves in order to get back one of them, you know, yeah. blood mill from, uh, you know, the uh, factory farms, you know, yeah. they'll bleed out cows and they'll scrape that and then give that to the plants. And so, you know, once you start learning all the crazy little things, you're like, oh, maybe I don't need to use that anymore. Yeah. You know, maybe I could use microbes and maybe I could mm -hmm. use, you know, natural um, forms of growing. So, so yeah. yeah, anyway, but that's kind of what we do is we try to just do things organic and sustainable. 100%. Because, I mean, before we found out that we could, you know, do the NPK, you know, kind of do that synthetically with uh, nutrients and stuff and other things and bat guano, there was actually some islands in the Pacific that were just an island full of bird poop. <laughs> and so for the longest time, there was like almost like fights and battles over these islands where we were getting nutrients to feed our farms in America and everything and all over the world. And so these companies own these islands, these whole islands that were just Whoa. nothing but bird poop, like just for years and years. And they would go in and mine this bird poop. And then they'll take it back to the, you know, the, the states or wherever and, you know, disperse it. And then once they figure it out, huh? What's up? Oh, I said, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll take it back to the states or to, to you know, so, somewhere where they could process it. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere where it's processed or, you know, however they did it back then. Because this is like, you know, way back in the day, you know, 18, 1900s or something like that. Oh, wow. Uh, that was... Way back. Yeah, yeah. Way oh, back in the day. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that's that's initially how, how we got a lot of our nutrients, you know, for the plants and the dirt, you know, because we found out that, you know, we have to supplement it, you know. And then these days we're finding out more stuff that we are, we're doing it wrong still. And so, you know, we found out that, okay, this is this method isn't really sustainable for the future. We have to find something else. And then they just happen to know about these islands for, full of bird poop. And, you know, they use that bird poop to bring over here. It's crazy. And so now it's kind of another shift. Yeah, the earth, you know, creates everything that we really need. And so uh, the plants are just like humans. They, they, yeah. they, they need nutrients and minerals just like us, you know, just giving a flat NPK, you know, might not be the best approach. You know what I mean? You got the macro and the micronutrients that, you know, all the plants need to survive and all that. So, you know, it's something that people forget. And then you have the microbe, you know, um, environment in there and they need to be fed too. So, you know, that's yeah. where the peas come in. So, yeah, a lot of people don't really come in and, you know, or really think about that. And they're like, oh, let's do the NPK. And they're like, why is my plant dying? I'm like, oh, 
it doesn't have anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a delicate. It's a yeah, growing a plant's delicate. You know, it's like growing a human. You know, it's like it's a delicate thing. You can't do too much. You can't do too little. You know, you gotta you gotta just like really guide and, and let uh, the plant do its thing. Because really, you're just trying to provide the best environment and give it the best chance for it to thrive. You know. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, that's kind of our approach. But, nice. uh, yeah, and I can talk about growing all day. So, you know, yeah, yeah. going back and forth, that's great. And we'll talk more about growing for everybody in the audience. You know, I really love asking growers, you know, tips later on. Um, but I really want to talk about you guys and actually you. So how did you get started? You mentioned that, you know, you and, the, you and your girlfriend started with the PPL. And I remember those days, you know, I've been a patient since 2013. Yeah. How did you, when did you start growing cannabis and really getting into this? Um, so it was about five, I don't know, about eight or nine years ago. You know, I had my, my card for about two or three years and then, Finally got to the point where I went to all the dispensaries. <clears throat> Everything was just kind of didn't really taste like anything. Nothing really smelled like anything. And it was just kind of like, you know, it was expensive. And so it's like, if I'm going to be paying money, I want it to be like bomb. You know, I want that as a taste bomb. I want it to make me, you know, help me not make me feel any different than I would normally, but just enhance what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think canvas is a great enhancement tool. And, uh, and so, when I couldn't find anything, I decided to, to grow your own, you know? Yeah. And I think that's really when you know 100% what's going into your to your medicine. And then had an opportunity where I was, you know, it, it's a commitment, you know? You got to, like, it, it's a lifestyle. It's not just kind of like, oh, I want to grow some plants. It's like, you know, if you really want to understand it, you got to dedicate it. And that's why, you know, shout out to all the OGs that laid, laid the path before us and made it even easier for us. You know, we watched... Yeah how many you know instagrams and youtubes and so much stuff just to get a little bit of knowledge to like help you keep doing your thing you know and um and so it takes takes us all to to keep leveling up and getting you know consistently good herb to people yeah and so uh so yeah i got an opportunity um my aunt just wanted to grow her own and uh and she kind of bought too much stuff for her apartment and then uh yeah and then she was like, well, they, they oversold me on all this equipment. I don't know how to, to grow. It keeps blowing breakers. Do you want all this stuff? <clears throat> and so I'm like, well, it's playing with the idea of growing. Sure. Like I, I, I'll, I'll try it. Um, and then my buddy's like, oh, I'll give you a tent. Do you want to just get a tent? And then I was like, oh, okay, I'll try it. And then my buddy in Colorado is like, uh, I got some genetics, you know, because genetics are really hard to come by back then. Yeah. And scary getting them back then. And so I was like, okay, it all seems like it's lined enough. And then that night I just meditated and I was like, all right, like if this is something I should do, you know, um, you know, there's this concert I want to go to the next night, Railroad Earth, and uh, they're in a competition. So I was like, I never win anything. I'm going to enter in this contest. If I win, that's a sign from God that, hey, I should probably go get these genetics. If not, squash the idea, you know, get out, like don't, don't do anything. And then uh, enter the contest. Next morning, got a got a phone call, and uh, and I had won these tickets to, to the show, and so I was like, oh, okay, you got me. So uh, so I cruised up there, got the genetics, came down here, and and uh, yeah, man, that's all she wrote. You know, I just try to keep going and leveling up every time. You know, just trying to get to the point where, uh, yeah, it just kind of had something for everybody, and and uh, most importantly, just just made me feel um, better. You know yeah. what I mean? No, 100%. You know, and, and uh, I use mine for, you know, combat PTSD from Iraq and everything. So I totally, yeah. totally get it, you know, for that aspect. And, you know, um, 
it's just great to, to hear your story and where you come from and all that, you know, because yeah. you know, coming from a patient and I remember those days, you know, trying to order like on something stupid, like Herbie's for the first time, you know, you're just like, Oh, I better send it discreet. And they send it in like a DVD case or something. Oh, and, yeah. Dude, yeah. Yeah. We were, we were like 17, you know, we're going to grow weed in my friend's back, mom's backyard. <laughs> and we got the Amsterdam, uh, you know, the high times magazine, we ordered the seats from Amsterdam and we all, yeah. Save twenty dollars every day for like you know two three months and then boom we had four hundred dollars we bought all these seeds and then we got a letter in the mail from the DEA or whatever saying like oh we have your seeds if you like these please contact us at blah 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 we're like yeah well, you guys can have them like oh, we don't want those <laughs> I'm not gonna go talk to you guys <laughs> yeah that was like that was the last time I ever thought about growing and then you know we smoked weed to be cool and stuff and then. Uh, you know, I played basketball for a long time and ended up shredding my rotator cuff and, uh, you know, fell into a dark kind of like deep depression. And that was like before the opioid epidemic. So they were just prescribing me those like candy, you know, and uh, kind of fell into like addiction with pills. And then just kind of like, you know, cannabis brought me out of that, you know, where yeah. it was like, you know, once I had enough pills and the doctors finally red flagged me, I was like, hey, you can't have this anymore. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, like it's prescription like if, if it's prescribed it's okay right and i'm like well yeah but no one was paying attention and this is really bad for your liver and like your liver being shutting down if you continue this way and so uh so yeah to switch it up they gave me non-narcotics they didn't do anything and then i started to uh yeah then i started to smoke cannabis you know and then all of a sudden you know, i could get a little relaxed and I, I got relief from the pain but my shoulder was still hurt, you know, like I, I, just, I knew what I could do to make my arm feel better as opposed to just taking opiates, it feel nothing. And then yeah, all of a sudden yeah. when they wore off, it was like a hundred times, you know, what it was before. And then they're, they're back taking more because that, that pain is more intense. And you, you think it's more dragon. Yeah, definitely. And I've, that, I've heard that so many times, you know, and I played sports most of my life too. I, I pitched, so I have a, I have a bum shoulder too. So I totally get it, you know, where you come from with that. I have to be really careful and everything. But what position do you play, center? Center-ish. More <laughs> forward, bro. I got the three-point shot. And so Ooh. everyone's like, oh, this tall white boy can't shoot. And so they wouldn't really guard me, you know. So I was really? just dropping threes, you know, from a couple feet behind the three-point line. And, uh, and yeah, so, so you know, we did pretty well for, for a long time and played varsity for, you know, two years. And, did that whole thing and that was my life and i think when you get injured and like you identify so much of your life with one particular thing gets taken away and then they're like oh here's some pills too if you're injured it's like whoa you know yeah it's you completely checked out so i think cannabis definitely saved my life i definitely you know believe in it i did believe in like you know the, the medicinal power that it has and like the ability to do uh what you know big pharma kind of fails to do which is like yeah. not take away the pain but relax you enough so that you can understand where that pain's coming from, you know, and do something actually about it. Yeah. Cause I mean, when you just mask it, it doesn't really fix the problem. It just masks it. You know, and that's, yeah. that's my problem with like, you know, a lot of pharmaceutical drugs, even ones for like mental health, you know, and normally just masks it or numbs you to it. You know, it doesn't really address the problem or, or give you a tool to kind of figure out, okay, I'm feeling this way. Maybe I need to do this and this, or maybe I need to think this way, you yeah. know, and then that's kind of like where it fails. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I, I know some people that, that, you know, it works for them in small doses and managed doses. And I, and I know that uh, some people that once they got off of it and went full cannabis and then slowly weaned off cannabis and just kind of does more meditation and breath work, 
that mm-hmm. you know that helped them out as well so it's like uh you know like you said it's all about therapy and it's all about having tools at your uh disposal or that you can have access to to kind of help you in in your own journey you know because we're all on our own journey we're all like experiencing life in, in different ways and so to have cannabis as a tool you know like that's insane you know to have, yeah, yeah. to be over 21 and go to a, spo- a store and get some medicine and uh or even just get some weed now and get high you know it's wrecked like it doesn't you don't even have to need it for a medicinal reason but it still makes you feel better you know i think medicine and and, and the root of what medicine should do the whole point of that was to make you feel better you know to enjoy your life more to enjoy you know your friends and family more and and just to be able to be grateful for for you know it's hard to be grateful whenever you're in pain yeah it is Hundred percent, and you know we're, we're used to medicines being being things that fixes something. You know, you have like the penicillins that you know for like infections and stuff like that. You know, you got other stuff that helps with like flus and you know your 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 sicknesses. And so we expect you know for something like a an opioid, you know, and that's the the misconception that it's going to help us. You know, it's going to be the yeah yeah. Girl. I thought I thought it would help my pain. I didn't think it would just you know take it away to the point where you know, and I didn't understand it. You know, and I, th- I still think that some people don't understand it, but it just blocks your 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 pain receptors. You know, so the yeah. pain's still there; it's just blocked. And yeah. as soon as it goes away, boom! It's like you know the the electricity's back. You know, it's like a dam that's yeah. trying to come. And and if your arm's not hurting, and you're moving it like it doesn't hurt, and then all of a sudden the the receptors are back, and then you're like, oh shit, I shouldn't have done any of that. Yeah, yeah, and instead of taking a bunch of pills, you can like you know do small exercises or something. Yeah, and that's, that's what I do. I, I get super high and I'd start doing my own rehab, and I would start like, oh, I wasn't going to be able without surgery. This I wouldn't be able to do a pull up or do push ups, and it's like, oh, now I can do all those now, you know. So it's yeah. like, you know, it's all it's all your body's miraculous, you know. Cannabis is a miraculous tool, and so uh, we're just here to be good stewards of the earth and try to get people some fire ass weed to fucking you know to help them be a better version of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's why you went on to this journey. So, I mean, and where did like the time come in point where you had your PPL and you kind of felt Yendo farms? I mean, I know we talked about, you know, you need those or, you know, the United. Yeah. So uh, about Yendo farms, like, I mean, where this llama and everything come from. Yeah. And, you know? Yendo. yeah so, uh, so, so, uh, a really, really good friend of mine and uh, a girl that, you know, we used to date, um, we, we adopted this llama. Right. And so, so uh, our next door neighbor, we're getting chickens. We moved out to the country. We're like, I'm like a city boy moving to the country. I want chickens. And uh, we're going to like, you know, my neighbor's like, oh, the coyotes are going to get your chickens. Like, you better get a llama or a dog. And I'm like, what? You're you a llama? Yeah. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, llama will, will protect the chicken coop. You know, it's like, it's a, it's a protector, right? So Machu Picchu, like it protects the temples up there, supposedly, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's what they do. They're kind of like a protector kind of energy. And, uh, and so if you put the llama in the same pen as the chickens, it'll protect the chickens from coyotes and stuff. So I ran that by her and, uh, next thing you know, you know, we adopted a llama and, uh, and he comes with a whole story, you know, his, his name was Larry the llama. He was on uh, KRQE, you know, they did a little story on him. Some, uh, you know, some people were trying to get these these two llamas to mate, they finally mated, but they're also abusing it, like beating them at the same time. And so these llamas escaped. These coyotes came, you know, unfortunately killed his wife and his, uh, and the little baby and tore off like the back of his neck and like his ears are usually pointy. Llamas ears are usually pointy, but they ripped off the tip of his ears. 
while he was trying to protect his wife. And uh, we only know that because they, they had a tracker. They hired a tracker to track the blood to like the crime, you know, the crime scene and what, what happened to the llama. And, um, so that's kind of the backstory that, that came with him. And a rancher found him all bloody, got him to the vet. The vet got him to a foster home. And then we saw that, that story on KRQE about, about Larry the llama. And so, uh, you know, uh, I, I wasn't going to, you know, keep him, you know, I'm not, no against, no offense to Larry's, you know, I like Larry's, but I just didn't want his name to be Larry. I felt like he just went through some shit and he needed some, like a good name, you know? So yeah. we adopted him and, uh, and we just spent like a day looking for, for, uh, for a cool name. And, and uh, we came across the endo because like he had to keep going, you know, if he stopped, he was going to be gone. You know, he yeah, did what yeah. he could for his wife and he had to keep going. And so, uh, you know, we went out to the, the country and there's always something going on, you know, like this was like a, a retirement farm for like a old goat dairy. Okay. We had 13 goats. We had like three llamas, um, you know, and so there's always something going on, you know, <laughs> yeah. something flooding, something Something was happening, you know. Yeah, but, some animals being an asshole. And <laughs> yeah. And so, so you just got to yendo, you know. You just got to keep going. You just got to keep pushing. And uh, and so that's kind of how he became the staple of, like, our consulting company. And, um, you know, on on our, our Instagram, you know, that, that llama is by our buddy John Speaker. And the, the llama, the smoke in the joint, that's from our buddy Mr. Melty. So shout out to those guys. Those guys are amazing artists. And, like, you know, without without – art bringing like that physical uh aspect to it you know it's just a word but like when you really get to see the llama and you get to see it and then people trip out and they're like oh you actually have a llama like i just thought that was a cartoon it's like no that's that's my boy you know (laughs) you know like and so uh we let down all the gates once like all the other older animals passed because he was the youngest one he was three yeah we let all the gates down so now he's just like roaming around and you'll feel like somebody watching you look and he's just like in the window, just kind of, what are you doing? You know, go out there, hang out the plants. And so, you know, he's cool. And the, the, they've kind of formed a pack with the dogs. We have like four dogs out here. So, uh, so all the four dogs and the llama just kind of hang out and just do their thing. So that's crazy. So, do you feel like llamas are kind of closer to like what a dog is? Just like a huge dog, I guess? I wish. Um, I don't really, because he was abused before. So he won't get too close to us, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, they are really, really nice. So, yeah, they're kind of like like a donkey, you know. It's like they're not going to, like, do a trick or, like, sit down for you or anything. Or, um, but what, what they really are for is packing, you know. They'll, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll take a bunch. I think they could pack up to 200 pounds and then take oh, them wow. like, into the Gila, you know, and they'll have, like, four llamas. And then people can just hike. They'll carry the, – they'll, they'll walk their llamas, and the llamas will carry all their stuff. And uh, so, you know. Never knew that, you know. Apparently, there's a huge llama packing community in New Mexico. I was going to ask you that. Is it like a big, huge llama community here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, got, we, we got Yendo from uh, Linda the Llama Lady, so shout out Linda. <laughs> she, has, she has a llama name. That's hilarious. Yeah, Linda, yeah, she's sweet. She's a sweetheart. Uh, I have like a, a llama rug, and yeah, she just she comes out and checks on Yendo. All of a sudden, like there'll be like a silver Mercedes at our door. We're like at our gate and I'm like, who is this lady? And she's like, oh, I'm checking on Yendo. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, like, come check it out. You know, <laughs> so, I was like, you guys take the best care of him and he looks so happy here. And so, uh, so that's what we try to do. You know, we're just trying to raise the vibes of everybody and everyone we come in contact with and just try to, like, you know, just try to be, you know, 
kind and, and just try to like you know be nice to people and that's i think that's what we're all here for you know just trying to like make it better for everybody you know there's too many people trying to make it hard on you you know why not just make it better for each other yeah i mean i don't know why we'd want to make it harder for ourselves because in the end um all we have is ourselves is each other really you know because you know like that's really all we have so yeah and it's really cool that you know you did that for the you know for yendo and you know that you named your farm after that you know your consulting company really after that and uh that, that's pretty funny that's kind of like um my dog kush i had for years um he was my service dog and everything and he passed away two years ago but well, no. all my all my username stuff is invader kush and because his name was kush he invaded my life oh, so that's why yeah. that's why it's invader I, I, kush yeah 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 so some people are like what are you an invader? A good origin story yeah yeah exactly everyone loves a little good origin story so that's actually where that comes from if uh, some of you here watching don't know, the Invader Kush is actually after my dog who invaded my life. So, oh, um, overthink well, him. Well, RIP Kush, man. But appreciate it. I know. Dogs are the yeah. best. Oh, yeah, they are. You know, and you know, you're doing a lot of care work too. You know, you had all those goats and you got the, got the llamas. And yeah, so that's pretty cool, man. Um, do you yeah. plan on adopting any more? I don't know, man. Cannabis right now is like kind of like our focus. We're like trying to really just kind of grease the wheel, make sure, you know, starting a, a farm, like our, our new farms in Las Lunas. So that's been taking a lot of time and energy and just trying to like, you know, just kind of get everything we need going there and uh, and finish our greenhouse. We're building like a, a you know, a, a greenhouse big to us, you know, small to others, but a little 30 by 60 greenhouse. And, uh, you know, uh, me and uh, Shane from Alabaster are going to, um, along with our two partners, you know, his wife and, and my girlfriend, we're going to really be doing some cool, cool stuff. We're focusing on rosin only, you know, um, especially for the first year. We're going to do nothing but rosin. We're going to do, uh, you know, try to try to hit all tiers, you know, try to have a platinum tier for people to have like, uh, you know, one of the best experiences for like maybe celebrations or, you know, you're just had a, had a great day and you just want to celebrate that, you know, and we'll have like a gold and a silver platinum and, and kind of, uh, prices accordingly, depending on the terpene rarity and and the the yield, because a lot of people don't understand that like just because it's fire doesn't mean it's going to produce a lot, you know. Yeah. And so like in order to make it even available to people, you know, different price points have to be hit in order to uh, to maintain that consistent quality, you know. Because I feel like there's not really a lot of people um, doing doing the super super high end part in, in new mexico and uh we will we will kind of want to fill that that little gap you know 100 and, and it seems like you guys are because you know i've heard nothing but great things about you and there's already people asking for you guys in the area um so you know let's get into that then let's talk about the new line and where can people find you in las cruces or, or around the state really yeah so um shoo, galileo picked yeah. us up we got we got top crop coming in with it with the tough order they're gonna be okay. they're gonna be filling all their shops with it um we got high dark crop. matter down in sunland for y'all down in sunland yep sunland las cruces i think they're gonna fill up the albuquerque stores you know they did they just um a lot of people just reserved a lot you know the last you know i haven't even sent out the the menu yet you know uh Thank you guys for your patience. You know, there's like all kinds of hiccups with testing and now the jars are on back order and I don't want to put out. And we also were trying to hit like a two month cold cure because we, we also feel that like curing, there's something about two months cold cure that we feel like some magic happens. And so um, that's kind of what we're doing is just trying to like slow, you know, slow and slow. And, and once it's ready, you know, we're going to drop it and we don't want um nothing but the best experience for people and, and that that includes not rushing 
product out and um you know especially when we spent so many months producing it you know why rush it out right away and uh and and not give that full experience that maybe waiting that extra month could really provide um so so yeah so you know it'll be dropped i think we're dropping that under the unidos label so we'll have a, a cool new label we'll have uh you know a cool new vibe um and so same same fire you know but we're just uniting farms and so we're going to kind of be under that new really cool uh really cool logo so uh yeah so we're really excited and uh we really thank everyone for for their support and their patience and like you know people have been nothing but great feedback and great encouragement and you know everyone just wants us to to keep going and um i get dms every single day where where are you guys at where where can we get you and i'm like shoot i don't know yet (laughs) (laughs) i want to let everybody know you know yeah uh, so uh so yeah we really appreciate you and appreciate you having on the show and asking us and you know it's been uh it's really cool meeting you guys and just hanging hanging out with you know cruises craft cannabis and and, you know those guys are great and uh so uh so yeah man yeah Um, yeah. it's great to you know talk to other guys too because i'm just getting into the extraction stuff i'm more of the grower and so i'm learning a lot right now and uh just meeting more and how more of a community is versus you know like oh i hate you because you do the same thing you know, it's great to see that, you know, it's more like, yeah, dude, I love what you have, you know, this and that, you know, let's try each other's shit, you yeah. know, like, why not? You know, I can it's learn. Hard, man. It's hard. It's like, uh, it, it's, 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 I think we understand how, how hard it is to really find like a true winning strain that really tastes good. That like, there's a lot of strains that smell good, but not, not everything transfers over to rosin, you know, yeah. some strains need to be left as flour. Yeah. 100%. You know, and so really coming to that understanding of what, what you're looking for and, what you're trying to do with that particular cultivar, you know, it's going to really help with people's success. You know what I mean? hundred percent. And it's crazy because, you know, on the grower side, you know, you have the pheno hunts, you know, you go through that process. And then now on the rosin side, you have this whole other hunt for, you know, glandular heads, shapes, sizes. And then you have, you know, the terpenes and if it doesn't transfer over correctly or it doesn't yield enough, you know, you have all these other variables that go along with it too. So like, you have this already small pool of genetics that some people pick, you know, when it, when it comes to the breeders and you make it even smaller when it comes to rosin. It's amazing that, you know, you guys are able to do that in the first place, you know, yeah. a lot of selection. Yeah. A lot of that was Shane, you know, Alabaster brought in like tons of genetics. Like we, we had a lot of genetics that we had in house that we, we, you know, hunted ourselves that we were, we were, you know, friends had given us or we traded or whatever. And then, um, Shane just had an insane library and, uh, right. and really just, when we merge our libraries, we're like, okay, cool. Like we can really just kind of have like 15 strains on rotation and not repeat a strain for a year, you know, and then really, uh, you know, see what people really enjoy and see what people ask for again. And and so kind of weed stuff out like that, where it's like, you know, where we know not everybody likes, you know, certain kind of food, you know, so why would you like one gassy or fruity or whatever? So, you know, I think just kind of, um, having something that somebody is going to like, you know, you might not like all of our stuff, but hopefully you like some of it, you know, yeah. one, if, if we get you to like one of our strains, you know, we've done our job and, you know, yeah. we, we, we were happy that you gave us a shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. And I'm happy too, because it's a really great product. You know, like I said, I've tried it before and I smelled it and I see it all the time and I'm like, man, that's some good shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, the turps don't lie, you know, and when you give the plants like room to just express themselves naturally, it's like, my job's easy. I, I'm just letting, I'm letting the plant do the work, you know? And then that's, it goes to the selectors. Like you said, it's like, it's like we, 
you know, Rufus Rousen, you know, he selected a couple of those strains, like the OGKB 2.1 and what was the other one? The Z-Face, you know, delicious, yeah. you know, yeah. great job, you know, Rufus, you know, um, great job to Shane for, for grabbing those, you know? So it's like, uh, you know, there's just, you come across strains that, you know, are available one day and never going to be available again. And, and you know, you're, that's what makes it special. And that's what also makes it scary. And that's what makes it fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause you never know you're going to have that strain. You never know what's going to go. And, uh, and you just really teach you to just enjoy things like, you know, as they are, you know, in the present moment, enjoy it while you can. And then if you could do it again, sweet. And if not, like at least you, at least you got to try it, you know? Yeah. I mean? Yeah. You always have that memory of there, you know, I, I hear a bunch of, you know, rosin guys tell me we had this one plant and it was so amazing. And it went to, it was like a 4% return. And like, it was no, like, you know, it. Terps and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how, that's how it is. Yep. Yeah. 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 You'll never have it again. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that goes away. And then you're like, dang, I still remember that plant. Or should take it away. away. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you hunt again, you know? And then, yeah, so, it goes on. It's yeah. addictive. It's really addictive. And I, I've been finding that out for myself too, because even pheno hunting is addictive. So now this further in going down this rabbit hole is even more addicting. I'm like, oh, this sucks. Oh, know. yeah, yeah. Like seed <laughs> junkie. You know, they, they don't call him seed junkie for nothing. Like that dude was probably collecting seeds and making yeah. strains. And like, you know, he, he does incredible work, you know. And yeah. Like, you know, I know there's a little controversy there. But like at the end of the day, he's bred some stuff that everybody enjoys, you know. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, we have our Love Over Jealousy, actually. Top Crop just picked up some Love Over Jealousy from our Farm Flourish collab. So if you guys are around Top Crop or if you're around Nirvana, um, on Montgomery, those guys in Albuquerque have our flowers. So that's uh, the Jealousy F3 cut from Sea Junkie. So um, delicious all the way through, you know, the whole joint. So, um, you know, if you guys are looking for good turkey flower, go hit those spots up. And if there's any places in Las Cruces that's once, I think we have a couple – couple things left so uh so yeah so we're just trying to you know get the good terps to the good people heck yeah man you know good products because you know new mexico is actually held in high regard when it comes to hash um i was talking to um one of the representatives for uh, the puffco while back on clubhouse and it's a voice chatting app i talked to a bunch of cannabis people around the nation on there it's actually oh, really cool. cool yeah it's actually really cool and so I was talking to her, and uh, she asked where I was from. She was like, New Mexico? She was like, y'all got some really good hash out there. I was like, really? She said, and she said, addressed it to the whole room. She said, y'all, don't fall asleep on New Mexico. They got some good hash. They're going to kick y'all's ass one day. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Pele Polar. Do you know who those guys are? I don't think so. So they're like a, uh, a company that does, like, they, they do ice extraction um, specialization equipment and you know, tech and all that stuff. Um, really cool company. If, if you guys haven't checked them out, um, but they have a thing called Turp Wars every year, mm-hmm. and so um, Shane's like, "Yo, we got something special. We should we should enter in Turp Wars." And so, uh, so it was kind of like, man, we just just smoke the hash, you know? Like we don't really need to do a competition, do we? Like I don't know if we're gonna win, you know? Yeah. And so that little bit of fear comes in. And you're like, oh, I don't know. I'll just smoke it. And yeah. so, uh, so then it comes to the point where it's like, oh, hey, like, um, why not? You know, why not just give it a shot? And so we entered in, and I think there's people all over, all over the U.S. entered in, you know, and there's even some people from Mexico and Canada. Um, and we ended up taking third, you know, we, we lost, uh, 
you know, we lost first place by like two and a half points. And then my buddy uh, Nick at Port of Provisions, he got second. And so that was pretty cool. So it was Colorado, New Mexico, and then California took first. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so it was cool. It was cool to be on the leaderboard with, you know, some of the best and, uh, um, you know, it kind of gave us like, Oh shoot, like we really can do this. You know, people really do like our stuff. So like yeah. maybe we should keep a good thing going. And that's when kind of when this was born where it was like, all right, cool, dude. Like, let's like, well, let's, well, let's see what we could do together. You know, that's dope. And I'm glad you elaborated more on that relationship and how it really came about. Cause I mean, that's yeah, I, mean I, I know I can't, I mean, those are all our genetics right now. So I mean, not to like zoom in, but we're just, we're dropping like maybe 20 of those this summer, you know, if all goes well. So, uh, so, you know, growing, there's no guarantees, but we hope to have another, we need those, you know, exclusive drop that, you know, strains that I've never even tried, you know, yeah. so, um, so pretty exciting. I'm excited too. You know, you guys are bringing a lot to the table. And I mean, I even noticed that the packaging and the labeling of your jars, they're different for each, you know, cultivar that you have, you know, can you explain a little on that? And I, I know yeah. your girlfriend does most of that stuff. So, you know, we'll let her get in depth with it, but I just kind of want to, you know, you guys point that out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so yeah, I think what you're talking just like the sample jars, we got going go to different dispensaries and stuff. And so, um, the ones with uni, those are going to be same, very the same where each strain is going to have a label that correlates to kind of the vibe or the aura of the hash itself. So, you know, if when we sample it, we'll kind of feel what colors it. You know, oh damn, that's kind of like orangey, or that's like oh, that's like a yellow, or that's like pretty uplifting, or ooh, that's like a purple, like you, yeah, cool cucumber, you know. And then uh, based on how we feel, we we kind of put that vibe onto the to the jar and just try to get like a visual of of you know how we kind of feel whenever we take that dab and uh, like try that. it out. So, you know, it, we try to have fun with it and everything's kind of with intention and thought where it's like, oh, cool. Like, this is like what we have our Han Solo burger and that's going to be like black and yellow and kind of like Star Wars vibes, you know. Yeah. Nice. And so, nice. so you know, our Z face or, or no, I guess what we're dropping is uh, Shit's Fire, you know, and that's a Skittles cross. So, you know, rainbow, you know, kind of vibes. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, just kind of just kind of make it fun and make it kind of, you know uh something that people look forward to or it's like oh i haven't tried that color yet i don't even know you know i don't know what strain that is but i like the color yeah cool or it's like i like the strain and then and then they that becomes their favorite color yeah so um so yeah so it's kind of cool nice no it is pretty cool you know you guys have the the color scheme with you know the flavors and everything and i haven't seen that before you know with anybody in the state so it's really great that you guys are actually even doing that and i keep telling people that you know uh, legalization brings along innovation and you guys have really you know have found that sweet spot of innovation and, you know, allowing that customer experience to really go further than just opening the box and seeing something pretty, you know, you, you have this jar, you can take the dab and look at it and be like, huh, okay. I can see what I'm tasting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's kind of cool. To, to be able to smell and taste the smells, like something that you could, you know, very few things offer that where you're like, Ooh, I smell that. Ooh, it tastes just like it smells. Oh, you know, and it looks like it tastes and how it feels. Yeah. Trifecta. Yeah, it's an all-around customer experience that you know you get from the moment of getting the jar, it's it's look and everything, and you know having a law on it, um, and then you know the presentation, and then just taking it in and having all that to go along with it. That's actually really cool, you know. And I'm not even sure if certain consumers knew that beforehand. So if you're watching the show, you're getting a yeah. little 
tidbit in, you know, a little uh, Easter egg, I guess I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the dispensary owners asked me um, if they just come, like, they just come like that randomly. And, and so it's like, oh, no, like, I'm glad you asked. But no, it's like we, we, we put some thought behind each color and, like, whoa. Yeah you know, what we're kind of going for. And so, you know, we're, we're dropping like the Dulce de Uva. That's like the breeder's cut from Bloom. Um, you know, that's grape candy, grape gas candy. So we already know it's going to be like a purple kind of Unidos sticker, you know. Yeah. Um, we know that like Han Solo Burger is kind of like black and yellow kind of Star Wars vibes, like a black galaxy kind of vibe. Um, we're dropping the garlic cookies, the, the Skunk Master Flex uh, cut of that. And, uh you know, that's kind of more of like a skunky green, yellow kind of funk kind of uh, kind of vibe. So, uh, so we'll be we'll be dropping some really cool flavors. You know, um, nice. we got our peach pie dropping. Nice. That's like peach rings. You know, it's like literally tastes like gas station peach rings. You know, like you know, it's so cool because it's like uh, the, these terpenes that are found artificially in a gas station are produced naturally by a plant. Yeah. Like wrap your head around that. That's pretty wild. Where it's it like is, it's crazy. These people have manufactured something fake to taste amazing, and people love it. And then this plant's like, you know, someone was like, "Oh yeah, I found this plant that tastes just like that." And you're like, "Oh, well, cool, amazing." Yeah. Like, I want to smoke it for whatever reason. Yeah. Like. Right. Exactly. And I haven't yeah. seen many plants where they can have so many different characteristics of different flavors. You know, like cannabis can go anywhere from a skunk anywhere to like a papaya. You know, yeah. and it has like so many different variances of smell, flavor, and all that good stuff. So yeah. It's it's really amazing that we've been able to do that. And if you guys don't know, rosins, if it's a good rosin, um, isn't going to have any terpenes added to it. You know, it's just going to be what you get is just 100% from the plant. And that's why I really like that kind of thing. And, you know, it's more of a natural process, you know, um, instead of going, you know, with uh, the crazy solvents and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, just deep uh, pressure, water, ice, you know, yeah. like, uh, the, the natural elements of earth you know a little bit of heat a little bit of water ice pressure you know so uh yeah, we think, we think it's like we think it's really like kind of like the evolution of what smoking cannabis has grown to you know like this is like i feel like we've been waiting for for like hundreds of years you know like uh yeah. whatever you know where it's like i was smoking swag out of like a little aluminum can that we poke hills in and like you know god knows what it did to our lungs you know and now we're like <laughs> yeah. you know dabbing like the most delicious thing on earth and it's like you would have never fathomed them at 10 years old or 12 years old that that was what it was going to evolve to so you, know, you never know what's going to be next but yeah. like you said i think uh keeping chemicals away um, from the growing aspect and from the extracting aspect um is going to give you a more uh true essence of what that plant is is, is really actually producing 100%. You know, you get more of a baseline of, you know, what you're put, trying to produce and what you're putting out. And I kind of feel like it's like, am I doing good? Like, okay, it came out good. Heck yeah. You know, these numbers are good. So yeah, 100%. And, the plant know, like, likes it, man. Yeah, the people will like it. So uh, yeah. well, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's for the people. It's like New Mexico's been bamboozled for a long time, you know, where it's like, you know, Boof is rain, is rain king and, you know, it probably still always will, you know, and that's yeah. okay, you know, but we want to be like a little niche little hole in the wall where people were like, Hey, I want to get, you know, I, I want to taste and I want to, you know, have that overall experience. And like, that's what we want to provide. You know, we're not here to take over the market. We're not here to like, you know, do anything crazy, but just try to provide, you know, the best that we can for, for who we can, you know? Yeah. hundred percent, man. <clears throat> and I, I meant to ask you earlier, do you guys plan on doing a retail store anytime soon or anything like that? Mm, there's been talks um, for sure. Um, I think we got to ramp up production. We got to make sure that our, our, 
production is going proper and everything's smooth. Um, but yeah, we, we definitely intend to for sure. Goal right now is like uh, loose goals by next April. You know, we're, we, we always like to throw around like, you know, ideas, I guess, yeah. that we're like, oh, you know, it's pretty far fetched, but like, let's just try it, you know? And yeah. so that's how we've gotten this far so far. So we're just going to keep trying, but hopefully have a retail open um, in April, you know, like at Unidos, you know, little, little spot where people come get like, you know, just, just our products and potentially other people's products, you know, who kind of meet our same morals and, you know, kind of align on, on a lot of same values. And so, yeah. so that's kind of what we want to do is weed out all the, the, the mediocre stuff and do the homework for people. So if we do have any other brands in our, in, um, in a retail shop, people could be like, Oh, cool. You know, I know that this isn't going with pesticides. I know this doesn't have bugs or mold or, you know, things that maybe some people might be concerned of, but they don't really have to even second guess, you know, it's like yeah. that, that's our job to do that, to make sure that people are having the best experience. Nice. Yeah. A hundred percent, you know, and then they go in a little more confident, you know, because, you know, there's so many people trying to bamboozle others right now on the legal market, you know, like, Oh, this is this, or we have the fire and you go and look yeah. and you know, they're, they're growing. It's like almost dead. So, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. we're, this looks like it's about to be on fire. <laughs> yeah for real or they're like you know smell this and it's like oh it's delicious and then you like smell it, you're like nah, i don't really smell anything but like and then you tell them and then people get upset and it's like well like honesty you know is the best is the only thing that made me better is when people are like this sucks and it's like yeah. okay well back to the drawing board you know like what am i doing what am i not doing and how do i give the plant what it needs so that it could do what it needs you know because yeah. at the longest time i wanted to do the work for the plant instead of just letting the plant do the work and me just kind of, you know, giving it what it needs, you know what nice. I mean? Nice. And, and before we move on, cause you know, we have a couple more topics. What are some tips you can give a new grower and um, what are some plans that Yendo farm has, you know, other than what you've shared with us? Uh, -oh, just disappeared. There we are. Uh, well, I think keep it simple. You know, I think some of the best herb I ever grew was just worm castings and kelp, you know, kept it simple didn't spend too much money on it. It really just depends on like what you're trying to do. You know, it's like really good soil, compost, um, some kelp, you know, you could grow some amazing, amazing cannabis, keeping it simple. Um, but also if you want organics alive has a really cool kit, you know, for people that will take them from veg to, to, to bloom and, uh, amazing company, you know, that's one of our, our core, um, people that we really like to promote because they're just like super simple to use. Mm -hmm. cannabis is amazing every time and uh you know um, it's a it, it, it could really make people's life a lot easier if, if they want to switch to organics without going to all the messy bottles and stuff it's a nice little way to get organic without um getting into like really all the stinky bottles and all the mm -hmm. all the the you know organic the organic kind of thing is a huge umbrella you know it's not yeah. like a very specific thing so i think um just keep it simple you know, keep it simple, get organic lives, little, little kits that they offer. They do. And, uh, and that's pretty much as easy as it gets, you know? Nice. Yeah. Heck yeah. I appreciate that. You know, especially for people that, you know, are just starting our organic or want to move to organic or just curious about it, you know? Um, cause it's a bit different ballgame, you know, from, you know, going from one to the other. So I really appreciate that. You know, yeah. and I like asking growers that cause everyone has their own perspective on things and, you know, it's, you know, kind of helping some people out that are new. So oh, yeah. yeah, well, people like to gatekeep stuff and it's just like, you know, it's like you could give anyone grandma's recipe, but they still don't have grandma, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, we want people to use 
good stuff and we want them to produce good stuff and um organics alive can help a lot of people out with that yeah definitely because my mom can make tortillas all day and make them look like a perfect little circle but mine looks like alaska so you know <laughs> i can yep. use her recipe all day but my tortillas look like shit yeah. <laughs> so true man so true 100 so so what do you guys have in store for for the future for yendo farms Sure. Yendo Farms. I think Yendo Farms might just just be like a consulting company. You know, we might drop some T-shirts for people because everyone loves loves the llama, um, and then really focus all our energy into Unidos and like really bringing that farm to be highlighted. Of like, you know, this is Yendo Farms. This is Alabastra, and this is us at our best. You know, um, and and be able to scale and keep it consistent. You know, and, and not let quality get beyond you know the passion and, and, and the the quality that we're trying to, to put out yeah. um so yeah i think that, that that's kind of like the only thing and uh, we'll be dropping a bunch of like rso products here in the next year um really trying to focus more on the medical side as well and uh yeah just whatever we can do to help you know if anyone has any suggestions of like you know what what they want to see us bring to the table you know we're always open to dms um but really we're just gonna bring in fire rosin rosin carts you know some hat holes, yeah, you know, just like, you know, just, just what we like to smoke on, what we like to do, you know, cause like we don't, we don't really want to put out anything that we wouldn't smoke, you know, and yeah. um, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to, we're not going to put out a gram of rosin that we wouldn't personally smoke ourselves. You know what I mean? So, and that's 100%. what we're focusing on right now. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, dude. Cause you know, um, when I was in the army, they didn't make me do anything that they didn't do themselves first. So, you know, same thing, same concept. So just for yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate you joining me today. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're going to stick around for the rest of the conversations, but it's been a great conversation. We spent almost a whole hour talking about you guys. So it's great. Yeah. You know, you such a great history. I hope to see a big cutout of Yendo, wherever you guys' stuff is. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll work with the uh, deluxe designs um, and see if we could get like a huge couple cutouts, you know, whatever store, whatever store, whatever stores wants to buy a couple pounds of rosin, we'll throw a, We'll throw a llama head in there as well. So, <laughs> so yeah, Heck that's yeah. great. That's yeah, what, else we got? what else you got going on the show? So um, actually, I wanted to update everybody real quick on what happened this week with the CCD hearing. And I didn't put that in the script. I just remembered it while we were here. So um, this week, as you guys know, the CCD had a hearing and um, it was on some rule changes. And we don't know how that's going to go. These are proposed rules. So now the CCD is going to go in and either say, we're going to keep these, we're going to change these, et cetera, et cetera, because they gave a public comment uh, portion on like online and stuff like that. Um, and you could have gone like to Santa Fe and like, you know, did a public comment that way. Um, but I guess there was only like maybe 20 people that showed up in person. It looked like there was like 25, maybe 30 comments on the public uh, comment section. I did do my uh, public comment because there was one thing I just didn't agree with. They have it to where the owners of the businesses of all license types have to get like secondary education. Um, and like, they don't require that if you like brew beer. Um, so they want to do it like on the cannabis industry in general rules and laws, which, you know, that's cool, but you know, they don't really do this for other industries. And so I, I don't get why they're doing it for cannabis, you know, and I get like, there's a lot of people who don't know it, but my opinion is if you don't know the rules and laws at this point, you're kind of doing it wrong and you're not trying, you know, like it's yeah. one of those, like, if you really want to succeed at this, you're going to have to learn and, you know, no one's going to spoon feed it to you. And um, so that's, that's kind of like my point. And I just wanted to update everybody on that. We don't know when these will take an effect, what will, what they'll keep, what they won't, but you know, we did at least have a chance for public comment. So what do you think about, you know, what, what's your thoughts on that? 
Um, I think I think it's both. I think that like sometimes farmers are are so focused on like just trying to make it that sometimes they're missing some of the rules. So I think maybe maybe not mandatory, you know, because yeah. like there are the people that that are very due diligence. But if the the state had something where it's like, hey, you know, you might not know all the rules. You want to get refreshed. You want to understand how BioTrack works, you know, and have like uh you know once a month kind of thing where people or, or people that are getting their license have to go through at least an hour or two of biotrack, um, you know, and I, I know we had to do some biotrack learning, you know, at the beginning, but it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's like one of those things where it's like, it's like, it'd be great to have the option if, if Saturday I was like, oh yeah, I just want to make sure that I know all the rules, make sure that everything's tuned up and they give you like a live feed. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. But do I think it's, it should be mandatory for the people that are already tuned up? They've been in it. They know what they're doing. And then now they have to go take some secondary like course. No, I don't think that that should be, you know, I don't think yeah. it should be mandatory at all. I think, like you said, it's like it, it's it's really up to us to, to know. And if the state wants to provide something that is like uh, helps us even be more compliant and even be, you know, more transparent, by all means, you know, because yeah. like at the end of the day, we're always just trying to do shit right too. You know, this yeah. is all new for yeah. us. You know, it's like a, I've never, you know, I've never been in the camps industry before. You know, yeah. it's like I grew my twelve plants, you know, or six plants or whatever it was. You know, so it's yeah. like, this is like a whole new ball game for for some people. So I do get what you're saying. Like, you know, some people shouldn't be spoon fed, but also, you know, I think there should be a balance between the. You know what I mean. Yeah. And there's a misconception. People thought it was just for the bud tenders, um, like a service permit, which I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, they, they need to know certain things and, you know, like the, your employer should be te teaching you and training you. So that falls back on them. And if you're the owner of the business doesn't know, they should hire somebody who does. You it's know, true. that's why you hire managers. That's why you hire HR people. That's why you hire a tax person, you know, because, you know, you have to do all this stuff correctly. True. And um, if you do that all right in the end, you will have a return. And, you know, if you do it correctly. So yeah, that, that's that's my thing about it too. If you're you're really willing to be in this industry, you're gonna do your deal. Do your do do your diligence. I can't do talk today. You're gonna do that, and you're gonna learn everything that you can. You know, yeah, and you know true. you're gonna want to keep learning too. And I think the state, what they could do is provide some free educational materials because most of the stuff is online for free anyway. You know, cool. you can find this you know information anywhere. Um, so, I mean, why force us to either pay for it, take time out of running a business? Yeah. Um, and I think with the fees and, and the stuff that they're taking from producers, that should go back into making the program stronger. That should go into like supporting farmers and making sure they're doing stuff right. So they're not here to reprimand people and suspend people, but say, hey, you could do this better. You could do this better. Like, hey, together we're going to figure this out. And yeah, maybe five years down the line, everyone's tuned up. And if you still don't have your things in a row, you know, start, start slapping people on the wrist and suspending licenses and stuff like that. And yeah. there's obviously rules and, and stuff you don't want to cross, but at the end of the day, um, you know, they should be working with the farmers to make, help them compliant instead of like coming down on them. You know? Yeah. What I mean? And you know, it goes both ways too, because a lot of the farmers aren't speaking up. Like uh, sometimes the lawmakers will ask, what do you guys want? And we hate the government so much. We're like, oh, I'm not telling them anything. You know, yeah. and then they go and they make some arbitrary rule like this, like this because that's kind of where this I'm feeling this came from. Yeah. It's just for the fact that we don't speak up, you know, and, you know, we. Oh, we yeah, and I'm joking for that. You know, yeah. I, I wanted to be at that meeting and I can't believe it's already passed. You know, yeah. I, mean? I didn't even know it happened that morning. They were kind of secretive about it. It happened at like 9 a.m. 
It was only like maybe 45 minutes. I didn't even have, I barely had a chance to share the link because the link was nowhere online. Someone had an email to get the link. Shout yeah. out to Karina. Thank you for that. Um, and she got me the link, but it was a big old mess. Um, yeah, CCD is doing their best too right now because it's like, uh, like they said, they, they're building the plane while they're flying it, you know, and uh, they're, they're figuring it out just as much as we are. So I think that, uh, you know, if we all work together and uh, we could really form a really uh, nice market here in New Mexico that, that looks out for the customers and looks out for the business owners, you know, and, yeah. and doesn't see the farmers um, really taking uh, a nosedive kind of like they see in, in other states where, where the words, you know, canvas is oversaturated. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, because we we're so saturated right now, but it's kind of going through a natural process where that's kind of changing. So, you know, I, I knew that was going to happen. Um, it's just some people have been freaking out. And I'm like, guys, it's only been a year, you know, like, I don't know why we're freaking out, you know, like let the program right. mature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's all brand new to us. You know, we're about yeah. five, six years away from the coast, you know, and everything yeah. else. So we do our thing, you know, our own thing in New Mexico. And I think, uh, the CCD is doing a great job. They just got to, you know, they're getting more people. We're, we're all trying to do the best we can. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's some stuff in the laws that need to change and stuff and, and in time. But, you know, we have to speak up and that, that's the whole thing. So um, yeah. I just want to update everybody on that. That's what happened with the whole CCD thing. Um, you know, I'm whoever got to go, if you want to update, you know, please let me know. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, that's all I had for that one. Next, we're going to talk about some more government stuff. This is actually huge. Now, this one came out earlier this week. And this one actually affects everybody in the nation. So it looks like the Human and Health Services Committee that was um, told by President Biden to go and look at the scheduling and use science and everything and studies to give a recommendation to the DEA on whether they should reschedule, deschedule, or keep it the same. And HHS the other day, looks like they came out and they gave the recommendation to the DEA. And the, uh, the recommendation is moving from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3. For those of you who are watching, Schedule 1 is the highest scheduling that you can have on the, the DEA's list of, of scheduled uh, controlled substances. And that means there's no medical value, high risk of um, addiction. It'll, you know, kill the world and make you eat babies, whatever. Um, and so whatever, whatever it's doing, yeah, stuff they want to say about it. Schedule 1? Yeah. Uh, or is that even Schedule oh, 2? Kane's Schedule 2, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something stupid. Very yeah. Yeah. And then once you go past one and you go down to two and three, then you start going down to the medical use. And so now it's a scheduled um, substance, but you, like pharmacies can sell it and then they can use taxes and stuff. They can do their taxes and stuff. So that's what this really does is it opens it up for us to use banking. Um, we'll be able to deduct taxes. Uh, we'll be able to get like federal loans. Um, you know, a lot of stuff opens up when one thing it really doesn't do, though, is it doesn't protect us from the border checks. We're still probably going to get harassed for the border checks because this essentially legalizes medical cannabis. Um, it doesn't do anything about recreational cannabis. And that would be the scheduling altogether. Um, so for me, it feels like this is a move in the right direction, just not the direction I would like to see or we would like to see as an industry. I mean, what's your thought process on this? I mean, do you like descheduling or um, mm -hmm. what do you think? Yeah, I think overall just decriminalizing. I feel like there's there's people that are serving time right now for, mm -hmm. for cannabis still while people are getting, you know, making a living doing it, you know? So yeah. I think that like, hey, if you're in the United States, we all should at least be decriminalized to the point where People get out of jail if they're in for for long sentences for cannabis or trafficking or anything that one small mistake shouldn't affect your life for 20 years, especially if it's cannabis. You know, 
Yeah. Other drugs, you know, you know, everyone has their own opinion on those, but cannabis, I'm certain that no one should serve a day in jail for, you know what I mean? Um, and so I think they, that, that in itself, you know, if that was be able to decriminalize, I think that's the move, you know, I think, uh, then some of the big corporations still won't mess with it because it's still not federally legal. Um, but it kind of puts that power back into the States where it's up to the state what they want to do, but they can't keep people in jail for, for cannabis anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I feel New Mexico moved in the right direction by expunging certain things, but I mean, it's not perfect to get me wrong. Um, you know, there's, there's certain things that need to be fixed with that, but you know, I feel it was a move in the right direction though, right? Yeah, definitely a hundred percent. You know, and there's some people who have benefited from that and I'm glad, um, but I feel that anybody that's in cannabis, I mean, cannabis in jail or prison for cannabis, they should be let out. And yeah, that you shouldn't serve a day in jail for something like that because that's ridiculous. Um, but, you know, we're, we're coming to a point where that is starting to change and hopefully it will. But, yeah. you know, I, I really do hope because the way that this is work is HHS's um, recommendation is only going to go to the DEA. It's just a recommendation. So nothing changes at this point. Nothing has changed. Yeah. So now it's up to the DEA to come out and say, okay, this is what we're going to do, not our recommendations. So what we're going to do is this, you know, and so it's very rare for a federal government agency to go against another federal government agency on the recommendations. Usually they adapt that. However, I wouldn't say them descheduling or just taking it off the schedule, you know, altogether, just descheduling, which is decriminalizing it. Um I don't see that being too extreme to what they recommended because HHS, they were asked to give a scientific um, approach to this versus a political or a financial um, aspect to this. So they're only going from the medical side. So now we have the medical side. The DEA has to come in. And now hopefully they're going to look at, okay, we have all these states that have a recreational program. You know, we have the medical. This is good. So now we need banking here let's take it off of this and allow them to do this because it's a little ridiculous because now schedule three only opens up, like I said, only a few things, you know, which are great. Don't get me wrong. You know, we need those significantly. We need to stop paying 280E, you know, and because that one is just a killer in, you know, the cannabis industry and that will stop with this. Um, but the DEA still has the opportunity to decriminalize and to go further than what HHS says. So, okay. On the scientific side, we see this, but on the business side too, we actually need to decriminalize. Um, so I think that's everyone's worry is that the DA is just going to go with HHS. And that's my fear too. I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, shoot, we'll take what we can get. If it, if, if it sorry, has to start by being, uh, rescheduled and then, and then go from there to decriminalization, you know, then I'd much rather see that than just them do nothing and continue yeah. being a schedule one, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that the idea being decriminalization and then, you know, anything short of that, yeah, definitely rescheduling, you know, to, yeah. uh, to a more proper schedule. Like, I, I, to be honest, I don't, I'm not too familiar with the schedules as far as like schedule three and stuff. Cause once I got my medical card, it was like, oh, I'm protected all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. So I didn't really, um, you know, all, all I did was grow for myself. So I didn't really have any worry or whatever. So um, yeah. what is a schedule three? Like, do you know what, what round that is or schedule two? So, you know, one through five, you know, one being the worst, five being the least. Every scheduling goes down, it gets least and least restrictive. So you can do more and more and it kind of locks more things that you can do. Um, I'm not too sure. And all of us are still asking these particular questions in general. Like, I'm not too sure what this means for this pharmaceutical company, because some people are touting that this gives the pharmaceutical uh, companies full control. Now our, all of our programs are, you know, bunk. 
and everyone's going to go out of business because, you know, only they are. And I can see that being like, okay, now there's some certain federal regulations that no one can afford that only big pharma can afford. You mm -hmm. know, I can see that being the case because right now I'm like, well, if it goes from one to three, the only thing that changes is that and we're allowed to do more things yeah. because it's still federally illegal. We just kind of go on with our day. That yeah. worry is there right now as I talk to you. You know, like the federal government can come down at any time at any farm they want, really, you know, and then bust it down because they're breaking federal law. So if you go from one to three, it just seems like your chances of getting busted and everything is significantly less because now you have um, drugs that are on the same level um, that is like other prescription drugs, like Tylenol with, um, I think it's codeine is on schedule three. So, you know, you have like those two together. So certain ones like that, and it's usually with the prescription. Um, but as I said, all the states already have their programs past, you know, what schedule one is, which is the most restrictive. Um, mm -hmm. so I don't see the states really changing that. Um, but I do fear that there's some underlying stuff that we aren't aware of yet. Some, uh, I like to call them um, unknown variables, um, yeah. that we haven't taken into consideration that we're just not seeing yet. And I think that's what we're afraid of too. And all of us are still asking questions and still getting slow answers. And to be honest, I don't even think the government fully knows um what's really going to happen with this you know like they're, they're kind of probably still figuring that answer out because if you look at hhs's um twitter when they announced it it was just we announced it okay and there was like a meme that just said you know rescheduling it didn't even tell us to what or anything i was like well, that was vague so i kind of feel that they're kind of trying to figure this out too i mean uh what do you think um yeah it sounds like i mean they obviously know the war on drugs doesn't work they obviously know that cannabis helps people um i think Ultimately, they're going to try to get their piece of the pie. You know, I think they're going to try to do whatever they can to, to position, you know, people that they may favor into, mm -hmm. um, like you said, larger contracts and like stuff that maybe people are more familiar with in the Western kind of uh, way of doing things like pills and, and other things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't see it not happening. But also, I don't really even see the DEA making any moves either because like they're still, um, yeah, they, I think cannabis arrest went up, you know, in the last couple yeah. of years, you know? So yeah, yeah, they did. That um, really confiscations or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. I saw some statistic where it was supposed to go down and it went up and I was like, wait, I, we're kind of moving backwards. So yeah, I was like, what the hell? And then some of the yeah, border patrol so, guys have been more I would, love, I would love to see people reschedule it. And it's like, oh, you just got, you know, some Tylenol, some hyped up Tylenol, you know, that's like equivalent to then, then cocaine. It's like, okay, like give us the break. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I think it, it'll do a lot for the stigma of cannabis and like, you know, it's like, you know, I, I'd rather see a soccer mom smoking, smoking a, a joint or a rosin cart than like drinking uh, a glass of wine, driving our kids around, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, so I think, and, and any, and that's not schedule anything. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. so I think just kind of like just doing what's fair at the end of the day, it's like, mm -hmm. we're not asking for a lot. It's just to be fair. Yeah. We just don't want to pay 280E. You're like, let's let us claim some taxes. Damn it! <laughs> let's get some as it is, man. It's like yeah. the tax system is a great system to use if you're able to use it. And and like, hey, you know, you have employees, you could write that off. That'd be that'd be awesome. But you know, if you're with 280E, you can't do that, right? Yeah, you can't even write off you know office supplies or any of that. Yeah, you know? like you're kind of stuck with that. And that's kind of what's been the big issue with California is. Not only do they have the 280E tax, but the state decided to overly tax the shit out of the industry. So they tax them, you know, for farts. And so they only way they can make money is through, the, you know, the legacy market. 
you know, and because they've just been overly taxed. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with the federal tax and, of course, California's tax, you know, on top of it. And then only 30 percent of cities in California sell cannabis to start out with or are allowed to. So that blows my mind to begin with. I'm like, you're one of the most highly populated, dense, densely populated states in the nation. And only 30 percent of your cities. That is crazy. Yeah, because um, I think what's cool about New Mexico is uh, they said that counties can't ban it. Right. But they could set their own rules. Is that correct? So they can set their own rules, but they can't ban, they can't set them to the point where they ban things, but they've been finding little loopholes, like just not giving someone their license or, you know, this yeah, other yeah. little loophole. Having their own pickups and stuff. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. So they, they found ways around it essentially, but that there's no way that they can. In California, with this, they could just flat out ban everything. Like they, yeah, exactly. Like in California, they just say, we don't want it. Like even in Colorado, you know, it's the same thing. Like my dad's from Fremont County originally. And um, they don't allow cannabis there. But if you go 30 minutes to Pueblo, Colorado, there's cannabis all over the place. And so it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, okay, I get you guys are conservative, but even my conservative town of Alamogordo has like 20 plus dispensaries, you so, know, like, and that's like one of the most conservative places in the state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, man. yeah. Yeah. Cannabis is not, uh, is, is not demographically specific. That's for sure. hundred percent. But I just wanted to update everybody on that, you know, the schedule three and I'll keep updating everybody as time goes on. Um, what's going on with the Schedule 3 stuff, you know, what happens, what the DA is saying, what I'm hearing in the in the intel world, I guess I should say. Um, so I'll keep you guys updated on that. And um, that's really all I had to share with it. You know, there's just there's a lot of unknowns still. And as I find more knowns, I'll let you guys know. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's thanks for it's yeah, thanks for doing doing the groundwork, too, man, because, yeah, it's hard keeping up with everything that's going on, constantly changing and, you know, all the plants and stuff. So, uh you know, we all need to work together to make sure that, like you said, everyone's like just continuing to to, to get better, you know, yeah. I mean? tighter, grow, grow more legit and professional and just kind of like, yeah, know, know what we're doing and, and be able to have like a solid foundation to kind of stand on, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%, you know, and better together, you know, as I like saying, you know, like we're all better together. We all need this together. And, you know, the, the way you stay informed is you watch my show <laughs> or listen to the podcast. So that's yeah. one way that you guys can, you know, really stay informed is I really do try to keep everybody updated, especially like on the Facebook page and everything. So that's all I have for that topic On to the last one. Um, and this one right here is kind of a little controversial um, only for the fact that, you know, where cannabis has been for the longest time. Um, I get a lot of people in my, my messages and stuff, you know, all the time, almost every day, um, some disgruntled employees, some business owners, you know, this and that concerned to this and that. Um, or I get people like, Oh, they have mold in their weed or they sold me this. And like, I can't do anything. I'm not the authorities. I'm not the CCD. And I'm not going to sit there and put them on blast for it because it doesn't really change the problem. Um, it makes people aware. Don't get me wrong. But the people who have something to do with it is the CCD. And if you run into an issue like that, you're an employee, you're an employer, whatever, um, you're a consumer and you run into the, you know, that issue. Don't send me the picture, you know, don't send Daniel the picture, you know, like, I mean, unless you got it from someone, then you got it from us, then we'll yeah, yeah. If you got it from him, fair, but you know, yeah, and then, yeah, we'll make it right, but yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll make sure that none of that shit happens. That's yeah, I was sure. like, well, if you got it from him, I'm sure he'd want to know. You know, you want to fix yeah, that. Please, problem. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, yeah. But like, if it's not from him, <laughs> don't send it to him. You know? like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, it's like, exactly. why are you sending me this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, your, your, money friends. From them. tell your friends, tell your friends, and, and then, and then, yeah, if you feel obligated, you know, take further measures. But really, it's like awareness is everything. Where it's like, hey, these guys didn't really do this or this well, and so you know, I personally want to support them. You know, and yeah. you know everyone's cup of tea is different. So it's like, you know, everyone has their own experience with everyone differently. 
And so it's just like, yeah, you know, take the measures upon yourself, but, but yeah, tell, telling Chad's not going to, going to get you, you know, your gram back or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and the way that it works is if it's persistent, it keeps happening and don't get me wrong, mold and weed like that, that is a health issue and there is steps to go about that. So Gina, could you pull up that site real quick? I'm going to show you guys so you can stop bothering me about it, how to uh, report to the CCD um, an issue if you do come across it and you do feel that you want to do this. Now, some people are call themselves, I don't want to be a snitch, this and that, but then they'll go and make like a big, long Facebook post and blast everybody on that. And the thing about that is the CCD can use those as evidence. So essentially you're still the snitch at the end of the day. Um, and you like gave them detailed information. So, you know, like when you guys write novels, it's usually very detailed. So keep that in mind that when you put it on social media at all, you're still kind of being a snitch. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, but if someone is a legal entity and they're doing it wrong, they should be either punished out of the industry or at least aware. Maybe they are not sure that that's even happening, you know, like yeah, I mean, sometimes you test one bud and everything's fine and there's another bud in the batch that, that isn't. And so yeah. it's like, uh, you know, the repeated offenders and stuff like that. It's like, uh, you know, I, I personally, it's like, if you have a problem with anybody, um, you know, you get bad weed. I feel like you should be able to like, air it out and say like, Hey, this is my experience. Take it as you will, but I wouldn't go here. I wouldn't, you know, support these people anymore, you know, yeah. but, but taking it to the point where you get to a, a degrading or derogatory point where you're using, you know, stuff that like, it should be educational. It shouldn't be, you know, a, a place that for blasphemy, you know what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. And there's levels guys, you know, like if it happens, try to get a hold of the owner or the shop person first and let them know what's going on. You know, maybe maybe they weren't aware of it, you know, or maybe, you know, they'll, they'll fix it you know, or maybe it's being recalled and they missed it, you know, because I've yeah. seen stuff get recalled in the state. Like, you know, this guy, his scale was off. And so he had to go and recall everything that he sent to this particular shop because his weight was off. So he had to go and do that. That happens. You know, this is the retail world, you know, like, yeah. you know, stuff like that yeah. happens all the time. It's, there's about a billion things going on constantly. But uh but, you know, it's like uh, it's all about your intention. You know, I've heard of also shop owners getting pictures of moldy weed and they, they not doing anything about it, you know. And so it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. I want to tell you both ways. not to go there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, it, you guys have every right as a consumer to boycott, you know, to, to gather, to boycott, to protest and to, you know, report to the CCD. So I'll show you guys that right now, you know, so we can get through this. So I'm going to show you. So this is the CCD website. Um, this is the CCD tab. If you scroll down um, on it, you'll have all the little tabs. It looks real nice, real pretty. Scroll down to the bottom, and you see this little tab right here called File Complaint. Click that, and once it opens up and loads, because, you know, Internet depends on where you're at and how fast it goes. Um, once that loads up, on this page, you have everything that they want. You have the name, and come to find out, you don't even have to leave your name from what I asked the CCD if you want to be anonymous. Um, so I believe you don't have to leave this the name, number, or email. You can just put this in and um, has here. Are you a patient? Are you an employee? And even has licensee right there. You know, like maybe there's something going on. I have no clue. Um, and it has other stuff in here. Like what kind of license was it, et cetera? What is the name, the address, you know, all that good stuff. So as you guys see here, you guys can read. I don't have to read it all to you. You know, this is very simple form stuff. And I've had people like, well, why don't you show people how to do this? And so that's why I'm doing this. I'm showing you guys how to do this. Um, just go by in whatever they have every question here. They even have an area, I believe where you can add photos. Um, if you have that kind of proof evidence, whatever. Um, but this is how it works. You know, this is how the system works. And, um, you guys now know that 
If you want to make a complaint, it is through the CCD's website, not through Chad, not through Daniel, not through my producer, not through the guy at Walmart, um, and not your aunt on Facebook. You know, it's through this website, through this portal. And to be honest, guys, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer of self-policing, especially when it comes to the industry. And I was, I was a big preacher of that last year. You know, let's self-police our industry so the CCD doesn't have to do it. You know, if you know somebody not doing it right, you know, try to get them right. And if they don't want to, you know, do it right, well, they're going to get caught eventually, you know. Um, there's, there's really no point in making it like a huge, massive deal where you're like making this your life, you know, like allow the authorities who are in charge to do their job and just do yours at the end. Let's try to self-police, but if people are just going to be stingy or stubborn, then they're going to lose at the end of the day anyway. I mean, uh, what do you, what do you kind of feel about that? Man? Yeah. I mean, I think definitely the, the best approach is just awareness and education just telling like, you know, approaching that particular company or it's like, Hey, we got this, this happened. We weren't satisfied. You know, you treated me like this. We heard you treat an employee like that, you know, um, coming to them. And, and I think if you're an employee and, and, so, and you got taken advantage of or no one paid you or something, you know, I think, yeah, airing it out on on Instagram or whatever might not get you your check that you're owed, you know. Yeah, but, but taking taking the proper measures, whatever that may be, might. So I think uh, people kind of have to get out of their feelings a lot and get mm -hmm. like, if you really want, you know, retribution or or to because at the end of the day, it's about being fair. It's like if yeah. somebody paid their hard-earned money to get some like fire weed and someone sold them some moldy weed. If it wasn't malicious, they should be able to get their herb back. They should be able to get their cash back. They should be able to, you know, at the end of the day, that's on whatever farm that was. That's on whatever producer put that out or what dispensary. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, and then if, if you, but things happen. So it's like, but if you go over and over and give those places chance, you know, maybe take whatever step you feel like further from there. But it's like, I think awareness, the only way that that place is going to get better is if they know the problem happened before the CCD knows about it. Yeah. And there's a lot of owners that need to swallow their pride and, you know, just take, take criticism. You know, even if the criticism sounds a little harsh, try to find something that you can improve from in it. You know, it may sound like, Hey, this tastes like dog shit. Don't be like, Oh, well, you don't know quality. Okay. Well, what do you, why do you think that happens? You know, like, you know, yeah. you can tell me, you know, <laughs> you think I'm lying, but yeah, no. And, and I think that's important too. It's like, what, what tips you hit it on? You know, was your pipe dirty? You know, like, mm -hmm. you know, did you just, taste some like gassy turps and you just had like a strawberry smoothie or did you just drink some coffee and then you hit the you know strawberry turps and you didn't like it or whatever you know it's like uh there's a lot of things that go into your experience as a cannabis user you know but if it's yeah. blood in mold or there's a bug crawling under your bud tell the owner and the owner doesn't give you anything you know take it upon yourself to do whatever you feel is necessary to like make sure that you don't feel like you're taken advantage of and that they aren't continually taking advantage of other people because at the end of the day uh, if, if your if your Jordans are scuffed when you bought a brand new pair of Jordans, you take them back. You haven't worn them. They're going to give you a new pair, you know. And it's like yeah. to the owner to not sell scuffed Jordans if he doesn't want people taking back his product. So, um, you know. And if the owner didn't see it, you know, it, it's like, oh, I didn't even see that. I'm sorry. Here you go. Here's a new Jordan. Yeah. And and no harm, no foul, you know. Yeah. But um, but I think yeah, I think. Like you said, self-policing is the best. And like, I hate to word, use the word even policing, but, you know, self-regulating, you know, like we're here to regulate each other. We're here to like help each other. Where it's like, hey, bro, you sold me some moldy weed. I didn't appreciate it. Give me back my cash. Yeah. Dude doesn't want to give you back your cash. Maybe put them on blast on, on Instagram, you know, yeah. maybe do whatever you think you need to, to make sure that 
you feel like other people won't get taken advantage of. Because at the end of the day, it's like no one should pay their hard earned money to get something that could potentially harm their health. Yeah. And no one should have to deal with it like a business wise just to get blatantly bashed over a misunderstanding or exactly. something that's true, you know, because it goes both ways. You have the disgruntled employees who get mad at an employer, and then you have the employers who create the disgruntled employee that creates that issue. So you have like this underlying mixture of different things and we have no clue if any of this is true, you know, yeah, and we have to like, yeah. And that's why it's like, and then that could have been that person's opinion or experience with that individual too. And that's why it's like, so important for people to discern their own information of like, you know, if this guy has a, a history of doing it, maybe it's true. Or maybe yeah. if that disgruntled employee is always disgruntled, no matter where he's at, maybe it's an employee. So it's like, People have to go a little bit further than just the Yelp review. You know, who is the Yelp reviewer? You know, yeah. is it Tom2244, you know, with no reviews and he just has one review? Or is he like, you know, have 80,000 followers and people respect what he says and it's like, oh, cool. Like, this guy knows what he's talking about. So, like, yeah. I respect, you know, his point of view and whatever he's saying. Yeah, definitely. 100%. And the, the, I like to say this, you know, there's three sides to every story. Yours, theirs, and the truth. And, you know, you have to hear all sides to really get, you know, to that conclusion. So I'm still working on trying to hear, you know, the other side now, too, um, about what happened, et cetera, et cetera, um, with you know, a particular situation and stuff yeah. um, that kind of falls yeah. the same way. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like yeah. we, we treat our people, you know, with the utmost respect and we love all of our, our, our you know, helpers and assistants and people that make us go. Because at, at the end of the day, without them, there's no us. And without us, there's no you know, there's nothing that we could do for anybody. You know, it's like I can only do so much as a person, but it's like it's the team around us that that, yeah. that is that makes us. So why, yeah, why not just treat everyone nice? You know, why not make sure yeah. that the people that take care of you take or you take care of them? You know, yeah, exactly. Including I mean, the be. clients, you know, make sure they get the best shit that they could for the best money. You know, mm -hmm. and if they want a lower tier, make sure that that's the best lower tier we that you could offer. You yeah, know, yeah, it's like got something for everybody. Cool. You know, just make sure you're not ripping people off and doing bad business because that's that's what a lot of this goes down to. And we'll eventually filter a lot of this stuff out, you know, in the end. But, you know, it's just growing pains. And, you know, we'll eventually get away from this whole blasting each other on uh, you know, Facebook right away when something happens versus having a conversation or going through the right channels. You know, whatever you feel and like you guys now are aware of the, the channels you can go through. Um, you now know that you can go through the CCD website if you need. I showed you what you can do, how to do it. So there it is. Um, stop sending me DM stuff with like I'm the CCD. Dad, the inbox is blowing up, y'all. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's like, damn it, stop it. I'm not the CCD. I can't do anything. Thank you for letting me know, but I can't do anything. Okay. <laughs> I can heart your comment, okay? That's all I can do. Yeah, it's literally all I can do is just like. Like, yeah. right. oh, good luck. Yeah, I'll go back to smoking my weed. <laughs> yeah, go to yeah. Red Red Cannabis, go to Top Crop, go, you know, go where it's fire. So, yeah, you know. go somewhere reputable. You know, don't buy $50 ounces, you know, because sometimes that's what you run into. You know, yeah, yeah, you yeah exactly. You get what you pay for, folks. If you, yeah. you know, and sometimes that falls on the customer too. If you're trying to, you know, people can only produce a certain amount of quality for a certain price point, and if you don't yeah. want to pay it. Sometimes you can't pay to play or sometimes you can't play if you don't pay. So uh, yeah. it's an energy exchange at the end of the day. It takes a certain amount of energy to produce a certain amount of quality. And therefore, a certain amount of energy is required to reciprocate that energy. Yeah, 100%, man. And one day, you know, we'll have cheaper cannabis in the state, but that's not today. Yeah. So the way things are and the way things should be. Look at Cali, bro. There's still $300 ounces, you know. My boys out there yeah. have a dispensary that's selling $350 ounces. You know? Yeah. Some, probably fire, though, you know. Huh. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Fire, you know, yeah. I can guarantee it's fire. <laughs> yeah, and there's like 70, $60 ounces. There's $100 pounds, you know? Yeah, like, definitely. There's $5 bottles of wine. There's $1,000 bottles of wine. It's like people need to open their perspective of like, there are many ways to do everything. And like, yeah. and you go to a t-shirt company, you know, we're, we're creating our t-shirts. How many, how many cuts of t-shirts are there? Who would have thought? Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 And like the different, you know, fibers that are used and like, you know, the counts and, you know, the quality, you know, and all that stuff. Is it hundred percent cotton? Is it polyester? (laughs) That's kind of what the canvas industry is coming. So you you have to know what you're looking for. You know, it's just like life. You know, if you don't ask the right questions, you're never going to get the right answers. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent. Well, I appreciate all your, you're not going to finally probably get the good weed. You know what I mean? hundred percent. hundred percent. Well, I appreciate all your, your opinions on that. That's all I have for the scheduling. And we had actually had a good side conversation on that, you know, about some good stuff and, you know, and the CCD stuff. Um, so I appreciate, you know, your input and everything because it's always great to have not just one input, but, you know, several others too, you know, and other yeah. people have other opinions on this and that's fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinion and I, I appreciate that and I respect that. Um, but yeah, if, if it comes down to it, guys, you know, let's, let's not make yourselves look bad because in the end I've had people tell me that, yeah, I've had to do that, you know, like report to the CCD about an employer, but I didn't put them on blast. I just did what I had to do and I moved on with life, you know, and it got dealt with and uh, that was it, you know? Yeah. So just move on with life and be professional. That, that's really what it is. Just be more professional yeah. about this, you know? Don't, don't, don't hold on to stuff. It just, it just hurts you in the long run. You know? Yeah, definitely. And then it makes you look bad if something comes out that you were, you were wrong or lying or, or whatever, or something was incorrect. Yeah. So. And then you also line yourself up for lawsuits, you know, like you don't want to sit there and just, yeah. Yeah, you, you set yourself up for lawsuits when you do that. So it's better to just do it the legal route, the right route, and then you, you avoid a lot of BS. In it, so that's yeah. all I had for that. And that's really all I had for the show today. But I do have a bonus tidbit for everybody real quick. Today I was late for the show because I was in Deming checking out a farm due to a situation similar to what we were just talking about. Um, because a certain individual decided to put someone on blast and it turned into a whole thing. And so then I got invited to the farm to check it out. So I'm not going to tell you guys how it went, but I'm – We'll share about the reason why I went, and that was the reason why. But if you want to see how it went, we actually did a live video on the NM Area 420 Facebook page. That's on my LinkedIn tree link. You'll find it on there. Um, it'll take you straight to it. You can join it. Um, the videos are on there. You can watch for yourself and find out the reason why we were there, what we found. And uh, I don't know. This could turn into something new that we might do throughout the whole state, you know, or, you know, someone wants us to come check out the farm because the owner of this one offered $1,000 if we found something wrong to any charity of our choice. So maybe we'll keep that as the little thing on it. So we'll see. Um, you got a donation. Yeah, yeah, I got I, yeah, I got a donation, right? So we'll see, you know, did I get a donation or not today? So um, I'll, I'll get you that link too, so that way you can follow it. But that's all I wanted to let you guys know. I wanted to give you that information there. Um, look out, that might be something new that we're doing, but that's one of the reasons why I was late. And this kind of ties into the other story too. And, you know, it kind of leads into stuff like that. You know, I'm, I'm an advocate, but I can't be everywhere. You know, like, you know, I'm not Superman. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today. Dude, it was great. A long episode, but, you know, a lot of great information. We had a lot of good conversations, man. And, you know, I can't wait to have you and your girlfriend on again, you know, hopefully here soon. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having us. Um, yeah. If you guys, you know, look out for the Unidos drop, you know, Yendo Farms times Alabastra, you know, trying to bring the best to uh, the Southwest. So uh, that's yeah. what we're doing. Definitely. Hell yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it. And I can't wait to see your stuff down here in Crucis. And uh, let me know when you guys are coming down. Oh, yeah. Blessings, guys. Well, yeah. Thanks a bunch. Appreciate you. For sure. All right, guys. While we're out, I'll be back next week with another episode. And uh, that's it for now. All right. Shoot. Adios.